0: another edition as we wrap up a week. A full five editions this week of the Midday Program here on your rural radio network stations. I'm Dirk Christensen. We always do the round table, find out what we're going to be hearing about as we move ahead. And Sounds like Greg Ibaugh, I'm not, would you call it a promotion, uh, Shaley? (laughs) I'm not sure if Greg Ibaugh is going to regard it as a promotion. Certainly it's an important position, but I'll tell you what, he's done such a smashing job here in Nebraska. It's a long yeah, time. That
1: is absolutely right. And as happy as we are for him that he officially, which we'll talk about this coming up in the 1213 Ag News, he has officially been confirmed by the Senate as of yesterday afternoon. But we will be sad also to see him go as our Ag Director. A little bittersweet, yeah. especially on the Ag side of things. But we'll. Give you more information about that coming up in the 1213 Ag News today. Also during midday, of course, we check in shortly after that with Nebraska uh, State Climatologist Al Dutcher. And it sounds like this cold weather that blew in yesterday and is definitely here today will be here to stay for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I'll let Jason touch on the newsmaker here in just a second but at 117 we swing back around and catch one of our last fridays in the field we're up in west point near west point this week we've got one more next week before we wrap the season up And Chad Moyer has today's Fridays in the Field with Doug Stratman, and he talks about what the weather has done to their corn up there. It is not great. So we'll get an update up around the northeast part of the state for Fridays in the Field.
0: All right. Yeah, I'll tell you what, if Chad is out in the Field today, I'm I'm sure what I'm hearing here in the background is his teeth chattering.
1: Yes, that and maybe just a lot of wind. We can do a lot with radio, but I imagine yeah. there's a little wind on his recorder.
0: Yeah, You had to fire up the corn stove last night, huh?
1: I did. Apparently, uh, we live in a very old house, and I would love central heating and air, but we've got the corn stove, and it's about 90 degrees in front of it and about 65 degrees the next room over
0: so all right well we're not going to say you're roughing it it, because there's nothing like that stove heat i'll tell you (laughs) it gets right into you thanks shaley very much and we've got scott foster over here on the sports microphone
2: hello hello well uh, husker's big game hard to believe that we're talking about a purdue nebraska game being a big game but it's kind of a must win for both teams
0: it really is
2: it's scary if both of these teams are three and four they it, they This is a game both of them Thinks they can win and they need to win So that'll be interesting that's uh, We'll talk a little bit about that Also Nebraska Volleyball Starts the second half of their Big Ten season got a couple matchups With Michigan Michigan State and Michigan uh, this weekend And then World Series Game 3 I don't know if it can live up to what Game 2 was like but <laughs> Lance McCullers Jr. and Hugh Darvish On the hill for the two teams Tonight the, yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like they will close the roof today in oh, really? Minute Maid Field. So really? I don't know if that matters, but that's what they're talking about. Yeah, we'll Lots play. of home runs.
0: You know, it is hard to believe this early in the season you're playing for pride. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sad, <laughs>
0: the Nebraska- isn't it? Purdue game. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go with uh, business news
4: with Bob Rogan. Well, of course, uh, lawmakers are wrangling over tax cuts and that tax reform package so that's kind of dominating some of the news today and the white house says tax cuts could add 1.2 trillion to the u.s economy
0: all right all this and more coming up today on midday Moving on over to Paul Perkins and take a look at ag weather this morning. Brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation. And you have some almost fantastical tales to tell about temperature.
5: Yeah, especially in Alliance. Very chilly morning across the entire area. But Alliance and the Nebraska Panhandle got down to 7 above this morning. That was the nation's low. Just a few days ago, when we had that nice warm weather on Wednesday, their high was eighty-four degrees. <laughs>
0: Gee whiz!
5: A matter of yeah, just wait a few minutes, and we'll give you the change of the weather here so in So you said the
0: nation's low, so that means everything all the way up and down the mar- the mountains at yeah. any altitude.
5: Yeah, even in the coldest of the Rocky Mountains, oh that my was that Alliance was colder than that this morning. My so. God, <laughs> seven above in Alliance this
0: well, What do you have for us for this weekend?
5: Well, we do have some warming temperatures as we move through the weekend. Going to be a windy and cold day for today. Still. Some clouds hanging tough into much of eastern Nebraska, especially if we're along and east of a line from Burwell to Aurora down to around Beatrice. This morning, a lot of cloud cover expected to remain in your area. Our temperatures in the low and mid-30s, many locations still just below freezing. Alliance, they have recovered to 31 after the, having that temperature this morning of 7 above. Winds today going to remain on the strong side. We're stuck in between high pressure over Montana and low pressure over Wisconsin. And temperatures today... Going to be our coldest of the next seven days and also 15 degrees colder than normal. Also, the coldest day we've seen since last May. Extreme fire conditions existing over southwest and south central Nebraska, thanks to the very dry air and high winds. It's very rare that you get a red flag warning in an area when temperatures are only expected to make it into the upper 30s and low 40s, but we do have that day today because of very, very dry conditions. High pressure does move overhead for tonight. That'll start to calm the winds down. It'll start to get a little bit lighter during those football games tonight. Still some breezes early on in the evening. Temperatures warm up over the weekend as the warm front starts to track to the east. Temperatures will be into the 50s tomorrow, 60s on Sunday. It's not not going to last very long. Colder and breezy conditions expected by Monday and Tuesday with another cold front. And there may be some light rain possibly mixed with some of that uh, precipitation in the way of maybe some light snow as we head towards Monday. Temperatures by Wednesday and Thursday will warm to more seasonal levels with some south winds in advance of another system. Now, in our long-term forecast, temperatures for the most part expected to be cooler than normal in Nebraska and Kansas the middle of next week. By late next week, Kansas may start trending closer to seasonal on the temperatures through November 9th. Nebraska temperatures most likely staying cooler than normal. Our precipitation forecast in Nebraska and Kansas expecting below normal precipitation in the middle of next week. Then we'll start slowly trending to above normal precipitation, but it looks like our better chances are more moisture off to the north and east. Weather factors in the market include a hard freeze for parts of the central U.S., snow in the northern Midwest, and chances for rain in South America. Early season cold outbreaks will continue to dominate the central and eastern U.S. on into next week. By Sunday morning, freezes could occur as far south as central Louisiana and southern Mississippi. A new surge of cold air will reach the plains on Monday. Rain will develop in advance. Uh, This strong cold front that moved through our area yesterday, it's going to be bringing in some rain from the Ohio Valley southward later today. Wet conditions and a turn to colder weather in the Midwest are keeping the corn and soybean harvest very slow. Snow in northwestern areas of the Midwest may complicate that delay for a time. This weekend's hard freeze in the Southern Plains expected to slow the development of the winter wheat for a time. Hot and dry weather in central Brazil slowing their corn and soybean planting and may force some replanting. There is a chance of some showers and it's not going to be as hot this weekend and early next week. Southern Brazil's wet conditions slowing their planting and the harvest of the winter wheat. Argentina's primary crop area saw some rain last night. That's going to maintain some favorable conditions for early planted corn while only briefly delaying their planting.
0: All right, very careful. Red flag warning today posted for Nebraska southwest and south-central west of 183. And our ag weather has been brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation. You know, I, I have to make the observation here uh-huh. that we have, you know, these digital weather maps that are so fancy these yes, days. and very nice. And they have the the colors here. and And we use the geographical representation here, which shows a lot of prairie, which is kind of represented in a green. And then we have a deep, purple that represents temperatures in the single digits (laughs) up into the teens and i've come to the conclusion paul that i can't read the temperatures when they're on that dark green there but i've decided also Uh that if you can't read the temperature you don't want to know the temperature
5: (laughs) yeah especially with these numbers (laughs) lately yeah definitely
0: (laughs) absolutely have a great weekend all right okay you too when you need weather anytime (laughs) krvn.com
6: Greg Iba is confirmed in the Senate and Shaley Peters with a midday check of your AG news IBA was approved for a top position with the USDA yesterday but another AG leader from Iowa hit a roadblock Bryce Duskit has more for us
7: Senate Agriculture Committee Chairman Pat Roberts announced the approval of IBA as the Undersecretary of Agriculture for marketing and regulatory programs at USDA. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue welcomes the approval, saying IBA will bring experience and integrity to his new role. But where is Iowa Secretary of Agriculture Bill Northey, who was also seen as a slam dunk with IBA to get confirmed through the Senate? Politico reports that U.S. Senator Ted Cruz of Texas is holding back Northey's nomination as the Ag Department's new Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation. The move comes despite wide support for Northey on the Senate Agriculture Committee. The reason? According to Politico's unnamed sources, it's a reaction to successful efforts by Iowa Senators Grassley and Ernst last week to block action by the EPA to decrease the mandate for biofuels blends in the nation's fuel supply. Iowa, of course, is the top-producing corn state in the nation, and much of the crop goes towards biofuels, which federal law requires to be blended into gas and other fuels sold at the pump. So will Bill Northey be confirmed by the Senate? Time will tell. I'm Bryce Duskett reporting.
6: And German drug maker Bayer has cut the value of its takeover over Monsanto by two point five billion, which combined with windfalls from asset sales means it may have to raise less than expected from shareholders. The Monsanto deal is now valued at sixty three point five billion, including debt, down from an initial sixty six billion because the US seeds giant had lowered its financial liabilities. Bayer's finance chief said yesterday. The planned acquisition will boost Bayer's agriculture sales to the same level as its core healthcare business, but the move has not been universally popular among shareholders and has led those with pharma focus in particular to sell out. Bayer reiterated that the capital increase would take place via a rights issue so as not to water down existing investors and said the transaction would not take place before next year as it awaits its antitrust approval for the Monsanto deal. And industry analysts are expecting U.S. farmers to plant more soybeans next year, up from this year's record acreage of 88.7 million acres. However, University of Illinois ag economist Todd Hubbs is warning against planting more soybeans next year. He says soybean acreage may need to decline in 2018 to generate a 2018-19 marketing year average farm price in the mid to $9 range to cover the cost of production. He recommends that farmers monitor soybean exports and demand before making 2018 planting decisions. Specifically, he says farmers should study the Department of Agriculture's release of the winter wheat seedings report for the first indication of farmer acreage decisions in early January. And from growing chickpeas in western Nebraska to reducing pesticide use in apple orchards in Nebraska City, 12 specialty crop projects across the state will receive nearly $600,000 in funding from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Agriculture's Specialty Crop Block Grant Program. Administered by the Nebraska Department of Agriculture using funding from the grant, the program supports research, development, and marketing of specialty crops. Nebraska's Specialty Crop Block Grant Program offers resources to those interested in enhancing and diversifying the state's agricultural industry through specialty crops, said NDA Director Greg Ibaugh. This year's projects contribute to Nebraska's overall agricultural economy by maximizing the value of specialty crops and by keeping production and research in the state. And that's a quick check of your midday ag news. I'm Shaley Peters on the Rural Radio Network. It's time again this week to visit with Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist Al Dutcher. I'm Shaley Peters on the Rural Radio Network. And Al, suffice it to say, cold weather is here and making its presence known, especially toward the end of this week and the wind as well. What can we expect headed into this weekend and next week?
4: Well, we're getting that first taste of of winter, and we're seeing a fairly decent uh, storm system over the upper Midwest is dropping some fairly significant snow across portions of minnesota expected to drop down potentially accumulating snowfall into north central iowa but the heaviest of the snowfall looks to be north of the uh, minneapolis area primarily up toward the arrowhead of minnesota and down southward toward the brainerd area we're looking at four plus inches in some areas probably greater than eight and that will continue on through the upper peninsula of michigan for us The precipitation is to the east of us, and we're on the backside of this cold air. And when it came through yesterday, we were looking at our mesonet stations in the northwest corner of the state and seeing a 26-degree drop in one hour, and wind speeds uh, running up to nothing to close to 30 to 40-mile-an-hour winds behind that front. And, of course, it progressed across the state, and we're seeing hard freeze conditions uh, across the western har- half of the state and we've seen temperatures as low as the lower teens in the panhandle we haven't seen that cold air as intense across southeast Nebraska yet but it's coming and as today progresses this cold blustery northerly flow with the air coming straight down from Canada to into our region we would expect very little recovery in temperatures we're probably going to be looking at low 40s for the most part maybe as you get toward the Kansas border we may see some mid to upper 40s and then the, the bottom drops out tonight as we See very hard freeze conditions for those areas of the state that have not yet seen it. And then we see a slight recovery. Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening starts pouring our way down from the same pattern as we've seen with this last system right down the pipeline, uh, bring in another shot of cold air. That's going to hold in place for a couple days. And then we will start to see some gradual recovery as we start to see a troughing pattern building into the Pacific Northwest. We mentioned this last week that the models were painting an aggressive precipitation pattern the first full week of November. They have not backed off of that too much. The only concern is exactly where will the precipitation fall. And with the amount of uncertainty from day-to-day runs, uh pointing out who is going to get snowfall and who's not going to get snowfall. It may be a little bit difficult, but we'll make an attempt. It looks like the system will cross into the central Rockies as we go into approximately the 5th of the 6th, and then that system will start to eject out into the central plains and impacting our weather as we go to the 7th and 8th. Right now uh, the system is very aggressive coming out onto the plains and then they move it rapidly toward the northeast so the moisture feed into the system as presented today may not be as great but it does look like accumulating precipitation is likely across the Dakotas and Minnesota. The question is how far southward do we pull this cold air? More importantly as that system passes we kind of keep the uh, division between the very cold air and the very warm air laying right about out the South Dakota-Nebraska border. So, if this system actually falls a little bit farther south and a little bit slower, we would expect more significant penetration of Arctic air into our region. Bottom line is, is we're going into a typical fall, late fall pattern with signs of early winter appearing at portions of the country. Uh, this is nothing unusual. Uh, It's just a rude awakening after the very warm temperatures the last few weeks.
6: Okay, thanks Al, Nebraska Extension Agricultural Climatologist Al Dutcher visiting with us here. If you would like more, you can always head to RuralRadio.com. I'm Sheila Peters on the Rural Radio Network.
0: You are listening to Midday on the Rural Radio
2: Network, and it's time to check sports with Scott Foster. Thanks, Derek. After a much-needed week off, the Nebraska football team travels to Purdue tomorrow night. Each team needs this game in its quest to be possibly bowl-eligible at the end of the year. Head coach Mike Riley says the Huskers will see a much-improved team. Purdue is
8: coming off a tough loss, but really, really played A lot of good football in their last game. I think they outgained Rutgers by a couple hundred yards in the game. We're looking at a team that has uh, either won or been really, really competitive. Jeff's doing a nice job, you can tell, with that team. Uh, So we're expecting a real competitive, tough game in uh, West Lafayette on Saturday night.
2: And you didn't play well in Riley's first year as head coach against Purdue, as they were beaten 55-45. to Last year, the Huskers knocked off the Boilermakers at home. Kickoff is set for 6:30 on Saturday. The Nebraska volleyball team starts the second half of its Big Ten conference schedule with a pair of matchups in Michigan this weekend. Seventh-ranked Huskers will play number 10 Michigan State tonight at 7 o'clock on Sunday. Play at noon against Michigan. NU has reloaded this year on the fly, and head coach John Cook breaks down how they've done it.
5: What's been allowing us to be competitive is, you know, our serving, passing, and our defense. We're holding teams to pretty low numbers under their averages, and
2: there's a lot of really good offensive teams. So I think that's what's kept us in there, and and I think we're figuring out ways to side out well enough. And you goes into the weekend at 16 and four on the season, and they lead the Big Ten with a nine and one conference mark. We will bring you tonight's game at seven o'clock on Cami Country Legends on Sunday. We'll bring you the matchup at Michigan on 880 KRVN. World Series moves to Houston for Game 3 tonight after the Astros and Dodgers split the first two games in Los Angeles. The Astros are 6-0 at home this postseason. Lance McCullers Jr. starts for Houston against Yu Darvish for the Dodgers. Rain is in the forecast, so the retractable roof at Minute Maid Park will likely be closed the way the Astros like it. The final call on whether to close the roof rests with Major League Baseball that decision is based in part on what the home team normally does during the year and the top hasn't been open since early june in order to block out the texas summer heat after a season that set an mlb record for the most home runs the world series is off to a flying start with a whopping eleven homers six of them by los angeles on wednesday houston's jose altuve carlos correa and houston combined with the los angeles dodgers for a series record eight home runs in the Astros' 7-6, 11-inning win. This trend continues. It would shatter the series record of 21 in 2002 when Barry Bonds of the Giants lost to the Angels in seven games. That's a quick look at sports. More of Midday coming up next on the Rural Radio
9: Network. I'm Scott Foster. Mostly clear skies in Nebraska tonight with lows across the state from 16 to 22 degrees. I'm Dave Schroeder. Foul gases emitted by a quarter century's worth of buried garbage at an eastern Nebraska landfill could be heating homes by the end of the year. The BioResource Development plans to harvest the gases coming from the now closed Sarpy County Landfill just northwest of Springfield, Nebraska. The company will clean the gases and pump the resulting renewable natural gas into Black Hills Energy's distribution network. Collected waste gases will be processed to strip out moisture, carbon dioxide, and other ambient gases. That leaves methane, the primary natural gas piped into homes and businesses. BioResource Development signed its latest contract with Sarpy County after the county requested proposals in 2014 seeking a way to better control the smell of rotting waste. Researchers are noting significant differences between first-generation immigrants who were drawn to Nebraska in the early 1990s to work in the processing facilities and other industries, and their children who have grown up in communities across the state. University of Nebraska Omaha demographer David Drews.
10: Because uh, we do see the uh, educational attainment uh, be roughly double that for this second generation of Hispanics when it comes to uh, high school or more educational attainment. About 80% have a high school diploma, whereas their parents uh, who came in in the uh, ni- early 1990s, a little less than half had a high school diploma.
9: Drews says other differences include the ability to speak English and other signs that the second generation is more integrated. Drews compares it to being very similar to how the white nationalities from Europe assimilated and became more of an American than a person identifying with their home country. A program designed to promote tourism in Nebraska has once again seen record high participation. The Nebraska Tourism Commission says 3,500 participants submitted prize sheets for the Nebraska Passport Program, the shattering last year's record of nearly 1,300. The Commission also announced that a record-setting 465 participants reached all 80 stops in this year's program. The program encourages people to visit designated stops throughout the state where they collect stamps and qualify for prizes. President Donald Trump says he had no choice in blocking the release of hundreds of records on the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, saying that the release of the information right now could potentially cause irreversible harm to national security. But some 2,800 other files in the assassination have now been made public. Trusted charities are accepting donations for hurricane disaster relief. Do your part using our links at krvn.com. In the News Center, I'm Dave Schroeder. Jason Jorgensen
8: on the Rural Radio Network. Well, today we're joined by new Nebraska Director of Athletics, Bill Moose. Hey Bill, thanks a lot for the time. I'm sure this is a busy week for you as you embark on this uh, new job. Uh, you know, you made these kind of changes before. How long does this usually take before you kind of settle in and you kind of get the, the lay of the land, so to speak?
11: Most important thing is to get to know the staff. And... Uh Put a, a face with a name, and a name with a face, and we've been working on that. But also quite a bit of media meetings and and uh, a, a couple of socials already, and uh, we're just in in the third day.
8: In the end, when you had to make this decision on whether to move or not, what drew you to Lincoln?
11: I like everybody else. All my peers and colleagues look at Nebraska as one of the premier jobs in the industry. Uh, I I was very content where I was. Uh, uh, with with uh, Washington State, which is my alma mater, we had done about all we could do there, and uh, really felt that we built a solid program had a lot lot to work on when I got there in two thousand and ten. I still have a lot of fire in me, and uh, i 'd always said you know, I had about a handful of of power five uh, jobs that I thought, hey, uh, if those opened i 'd like to take a look at them and I I can be honest and say that Nebraska was at the top of that list of three or four, and uh, here I am fortunate enough to have gotten this job and uh, very excited about uh, the challenges and and really uh, uh, having a chance to legitimately uh, be in a position to win national championships and certainly Big Ten championships, and that's what we intend to do.
8: Now, you're at an age where a lot of people start to look at retirement. Apparently, that's something that you don't see on your horizon in the very near future.
11: You know, I feel really good. I uh, the, my age just kind of crept up on me. I didn't. I never really felt that uh, that there there is an age where you got to drop out of things. And I I like working. I I like working in athletics. I love being around the young people. This would be a real good one. I felt for uh, my wife Kendra and I to go explore. Mo- all of our our positions uh, have been in the Northwest. We. Uh, I was AD at uh, Montana, Oregon and Washington State and that was really great because the grandparents were close and family and lifelong friends but uh, we look at this as a whole new chapter and I'm really excited to get to know these great people here in Nebraska. Everything that we've seen has been just fabulous and really it's about the down to earth uh, hard working uh, heart and soul of Nebraska and that's their people.
8: Well, today we're joined by new Nebraska Director of Athletics, Bill Moose. And Bill, every job is different. Were there some things that maybe worked for you at some previous stops that you feel could be helpful at Nebraska?
11: Well, my approach to it will be very similar uh, that I've done all through my career. And uh, that is to build... Build a, a blueprint that uh, our, our entire staff has ownership in, and and uh, what what might need to be tweaked a little bit, what isn't broken we don't need to fix. Got to decide all those things, and I do that by really talking to people and observing and assessing things, and. Uh, uh, there's so many things that are right here right now, and uh, I'm surely impressed. The facilities, the uh, resources, that tremendous fan base. Everybody would long for a fan base like uh, Nebraska has, and and uh, certainly uh, Chancellor Green and President Bounds, uh, wonderful individuals that I uh, really, really am looking forward to working with. So uh, we've got uh, we've got. We've got our work cut out for us here. The sleeves are rolled up, and we're getting after it.
8: Is a big part of your job as you kind of step into a situation like this, just try to reassure them and, and calm the waters a little bit?
11: I think uh, what people uh, want to form a first opinion, and, and that's why I think it's very important for me to do as many interviews as I can and to get with as many donors and of course people on campus and I mentioned the staff because uh, if they're going to be talking about the new leadership uh, with Husker Athletics. I want them to uh, at least have a, an opinion that that uh, is educated to some degree by having a, a, a chance to, to express how excited we are to be here, but also a little bit about what I intend to do and what we have accomplished at other stops.
8: I would assume with football, certainly an evaluation process for you at this point to, to see how the season wraps up and, and how things stand with Coach Mike Riley.
11: Yeah, I'm eager to uh, talk to Coach Riley. Uh, I will be with the team this weekend as we head to uh, West Lafayette for the Purdue game, and I'm looking forward to that and really having an opportunity to watch the huskers I, i've seen them a couple of times not in, in an entire game but bits and pieces through the season and uh i'm real excited to just kind of get a a feel for it as as you uh, probably know i played major college football i've got two sons one who's played it and one who's currently playing it and uh we're, we're football people it doesn't mean that uh, all of our attention is going to go to football but I, I do think i know a couple things about it and uh, i'll be able i think, think to get a real good read here shortly
8: well once again bill welcome to nebraska we appreciate the time and if you're ever out this way be sure to stop by and say hi okay i would do that and i will do that and that was new nebraska director of athletics bill moose joining us this afternoon for the rural radio network i'm jason jorgensen
3: let's find out how we end up the week and the reasons why in these livestock futures Joe teal joins us from Great Plains commodities Joe
10: yeah interesting uh, finish today in the uh, in the cattle and uh, and the hogs but uh, uh, we're going to finish uh, mixed in the cattle the nearby uh, October uh, triple digit gains uh, looked like uh, at this point there was some rolling of position October positions back into the deferred months uh, but uh, boy what a what a day uh, uh, we're going to finish the week obviously higher in the cattle and in the feeders uh, feeders uh, also showing uh, uh, pretty good signs of uh, uh, coming back late in the session uh, they were under some pressure uh, in the mid part of the session but uh, managed to uh, fight their way back uh, for, for the most part still finishing mostly lower but uh uh, some short covering there at the end uh, really uh, brought them back. Cutouts were a little bit higher again uh, today uh, on the uh, live cattle uh, there on the beef, and so uh, that uh, helped uh, bring back the markets after uh, some pretty good uh, selling uh, throughout the uh, middle part of the day. Over in the hogs, uh, we, we're going to finish lower. We were lower all day long, but uh, did. Uh, relieve some of that pressure uh, late once again under some appeared to be uh, some short covering uh, cash seemed to be uh, steady higher and uh, cutouts were higher there too so uh, going through uh, just looks like some uh, evening up in the trade
3: Thanks Joe. Joe Teal Great Plains Commodities. Call him at
12: 800-328-0134 Dewey Nelson reporting you here on the Rural Radio Network. It's time for another Fridays in the Field update again from northeast Nebraska. We're visiting with Doug Strotman who farms right here north of West Point, Nebraska. And Doug, uh, we seem to come and find you in these weather events. Last time you and I visited it was rainy. It had been rainy for a, a week or so and, and now it's windy and uh, so summarize the soybean harvest for you. Uh, timing wise after it did finally dry out and the rain quit falling, um, how did things end up for
13: you guys? Ours were from... We had- had some hail beans that did 15% damage on hail and they, they were at 60. Went to a field that didn't have any hail. They were at 60 also, and then we had some that were in the middle 70s. So, on an average, our beans were probably a little better than last year. Was kind of hoping for a little bit better, but 60 to 75 bushel beans is still pretty good.
12: And now I guess the question is, uh, how are we going to market them, considering the the prices
13: where they are? That'll be a challenge to uh, to get those priced and, and get them sold, right? Yeah, with, with that many bushels, But funny things happen. We just try and market some every month, so we, we kind of get an average and do the best we can that way
12: now we mentioned the wind before it's been so windy here the last week or so you said that's taken a toll on the on the corn what have you seen
13: because of the windy conditions here in northeast nebraska just moving from field to field we've seen uh, some corn fields that are they look like they're two three feet tall i mean the tops are all busted off you go to the next field that's probably had some fungicide sprayed on it and they seem to be they're not all standing but it, it looks a lot better we're supposed to have wind today tomorrow all the way up through Monday, so um, there's going to be some corn on the ground. Yeah, and you mentioned it before too. Uh, we've had it
12: in prior conversations the importance of using a fungicide, and for field conditions like we're getting now, that's where it kind of shines, huh?
13: Yeah, we we spray fungicide every year. We feel that we're at least going to get our money back out, out of the product, and uh, we feel like most years that we have gained, you know, probably five to ten bushel by by using the the fungicide. And for us here with the feed yard, one thing fungicide does seem to do is the corn maybe don't dry down as fast, which for us is fine because uh, we like wet corn, which is what we're, our next step here is to do wet corn, which normally we have done by now. So I'm hoping that the wind ain't drying it down. You know, it, we need it to be probably above 22 to make it work good. So I'm hoping we have some fields above that.
12: Uh, mentioned the feed yard before. Um, how are the cattle standing up
13: to the to the wind? Uh, feed yards still in shape? Are the cattle doing good? Yeah, they were wet for a long time. And now it seems like they dried really fast. So then you have some rough yards because they they dried real fast. And one thing the wind does that's not in your favor for cattle is it blows the hay out of the ration. The cattle will tend tend to bloat more because it's it's you know they 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 need the hay for their stomach. And it uh, when you get a 30, 40, 50 mile an hour wind and you drive along the bunk and you look back, I mean it's pretty obvious that it's getting blown out, but. Uh, so far, so good.
12: Yep. All right. One thing we want to talk about, and this is just something that you do on your farm to help in bringing products to market, uh, and then some trials for your own purposes, too. You're part of an innovation platform uh, with your local ag retailer, cowp seed and fertilizer in West Point. Describe what this innovation platform is from your perspective and, and how
13: you were involved in it this year. We've been doing it for probably five, six, seven years. It's an innovation deal. They, the companies go to them. They have you know a handful of farmers that will work with them this year. We sprayed like a foliar feed, like three different products. And it's it you spray it on like twenty acres. We have not harvested that yet, so then they'll we'll give them the information off of the combine. And from the combine they'll relate that back to the to the company that's trying to market it. And it takes a little bit of time, but uh, you know it's products that we have tried and then the next year we, we end up using them, so it's a good deal.
12: Again, we've been visiting with Doug Strotman, he's a producer from West Point, Nebraska, and he's been our feature on this week's Fridays in the field here on the Rural Radio Network, Chad Moore. Reporting.
3: Let's get a review of today's grain and soybean futures. Dewey Nelson on the Rural Radio Network, as we have with us John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago, and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. Now, we did close lower in corn and wheat today, higher in soybeans, but what about the full week? What, what was it looking like?
14: Uh, yeah, actually, up yeah on the corn. I mean, we, you know, if you recall, starting the week we were down 343 early Monday morning, and I think a lot of folks may be thinking we were gonna make a run down to the 330s level, but uh, and, and then uh, counter that we rallied up to 355. Uh, and- fifty five and a quarter uh midday Wednesday. So, you know, I, I I think we were pressured a little bit by South American weather that looks like it's gonna improve here in the short run. And then options expiration for November was uh was just a couple of minutes ago. So if you are in November options in any of these markets you'll find yourself ex- exercised if you're in the money. It's not really worthless.
3: Alright, now let's move to soybeans. Did they close higher on the week?
14: Uh no, those have been lower. So pretty steady all, all week down. Um you know it's Say consolidation pattern would be a, a polite way to put it. Where we were down about six for the week, we're sitting right above a trend line that's been in place, really going back to the oh, the first of August. And you know, again, I think the weather down in, down in South America combined with the uh, the currency weakness that we're seeing would have me a little less enthused to be uh, reowning soybeans at these levels. I think you maybe wait and see if you you can get you know January beans somewhere closer to. Th- to, to this price, maybe closer to 970, and then on the corn, if you want to re-own, I, you know, I've been asked this a lot, and I'm certainly not going to give broad-based information to everybody. You're know, all in different situations, but I, I really think you want to be patient before making that purchase. I know there's going to be a little bit of a gap there uh, of risk, so to speak, when you do move the product. I, I just feel you're better off with a, a March re-own somewhere in the mid 350s than trying to get here in December in the 340s. Uh, I just feel the downside risk on the DS is, uh, is is you know down in the mid 330s in the short and if you can't afford to hold on to a move like that, uh, I wouldn't try it. And I, I'm not a huge fan of the call option route either, just given that uh, you know, one, you're fighting time, and two, you're fighting a, a pretty steep carry that's going to have to move uh, for that to work. So, shorter term, I, I really don't look for much different next week. Probably skirt around 350 if. Uh, you know, the the weather and story here up here in the Midwest is probably gonna be supportive. Um I know we spoke for we on the air, it sounds like it's uh wintertime in, in Minnesota and, and doesn't feel too much different uh out in in your area.
3: All right, thanks, John. John Payne, senior marketing analyst, Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago. You can go to Danielsag Marketing dot com for more. We didn't touch on weight, and maybe rightly so when you get Four to five cent lower prices for Chicago wheat, Kansas City down three, and Minneapolis wheat down four. I'm Dewey
0: Nelson.